What's up, everyone? It's time for another episode of the Frary and Smith podcast. South Alabama and Southern Miss will take the field in Mobile tonight with the eyes of the country on them. On today's episode, Caden and I will look at the postseason implications of this game. We'll break down the key matchups and make our predictions on how this one's going to go. We can't wait to continue our midweek mania series. We hope you'll enjoy it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. South Alabama versus Southern Miss Caden tonight on ESPN2 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central. The broadcast team, a strong one tonight. Clay Matvick, former Georgia quarterback Aaron Murray, and Lauren Sisler will be down on the sideline for this big-time matchup. Caden, we've tried to keep these casual. I want to start by just talking some big storylines for both teams. So let's jump right in and talk about Southern Miss. This is a team that had seven wins in 2022. They won a bowl game. Caden, they were bringing back 15 starters from last year's team, and everyone knew this schedule was going to be challenging. Quarterback was going to be a big question mark heading into the season, and quite frankly, it still is. Uh, We all expected Frank Gore to have a big year, but he just hasn't looked like himself. The nasty bunch has struggled at times. Caden, in the offseason, we thought this was a seven to eight win football team. What's gone wrong for Southern Miss this year? I think what hasn't gone with Southern Miss this year is a better question. No, I think it all starts with the offense and we just have to be honest. This program expected and kind of banked on improvement at the quarterback position and they didn't get it. I raised concerns about this in the offseason when you looked at the talent that they brought in and the resumes of the guys they brought just on paper, Holman Edwards and Billy Wilds didn't impress me. And we waited to see what the verdict was when we watched them play, who won that competition, how that fared. And I think now we have enough of a sample size to know that Billy Wilds just isn't going to take this team kind of to the new heights that we imagined. But that's kind of gotten in the way of the fact that this team also has other deficiencies. Yes, he's not capable of picking apart defenses or really having an arm that's going to scare you or be physically imposing as far as a deep threat to defenses. But This team can't run the ball, and that's the first time we've been able to say that in a while. We're used to Frank Gore Jr. kind of being the engine of this offense and being, hey, I remember last season we were saying, hey, at the end of the day, who was ever playing quarterback for this team at least is going to have a run game and have that to rely on with Frank Gore Jr. That just has not been the case this year. They're rushing for 143 yards per game this season, only behind Georgia Southern in the conference, which is a team that has no intentions of running the ball. So that's just not a great look. And then defensively, they've just kind of transformed in terms of production this team actually ranks 20th in time of possession. I thought maybe some of the offensive play was resulting in them being on the field as much, but there's there are only 20 te- 19 teams in the nation who've been on the field less as a defense than this team, and they're giving up 35 points a game. So just all over the place, you look at this unit, the secondary is still strong. They haven't been able to stop the run as well, but just there's you can point in a bunch of different directions as far as what's going wrong with the Southern Miss team, but I think ultimately what's going wrong with them now is they're getting more used to losing than winning. That first game against Alcorn State was a long time ago, and that Bowl game against some formidable competition against Rice was a very long time ago. And I just feel like this squad, you mentioned, they brought back a lot of starters. They have a lot of continuity, but I think just some of that continuity, whether it's coaching, schematically, this team just hasn't looked like the team we thought it could be based on what we saw last year with a lot of the same personnel. Caden Davis, Bryn, TJ Finley, Jordan McLeod, all transfer quarterbacks in this conference. Southern Miss has Billy Wiles and Holman Edwards. It's just, just not a great destination for transfer portal quarterbacks. I think some of it has to do with the production. I mean, if you talked about those guys and we talked about them in the offseason and you rank where they were at, these are guys that are at Power 5 schools. Some of them were at SEC schools, like a guy like TJ Finley. We've seen um, 
the, the, the litany of JMU quarterbacks all had power five experience. These guys were more so walk-ons that came into the scene. They didn't have impressive stats and they didn't really have a sample size to really show you that they have the potential to be a starting quarterback. So I think it's a combination of both as well. You talk about their scheme offensively. It hasn't been necessarily quarterback friendly in the past. And we haven't seen someone been able to come through and really perform in that position. But at the same time, when you look at the talent at the position, I think it's just drastically a step back compared to some of the other schools and some of the other offenses we've seen play this year at the quarterback position. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's schematically an issue, but I think if you put this quarterback room at Texas state, you wouldn't all of a sudden see them leading the conference in yards as well. I think that's a very talented room over there. There's a lot of more talented rooms across the conference and they're definitely paying for it. I think this season with their offensive production. Okay. And we're seven weeks into the season. And I think us like many are still kind of wondering who South Alabama is. Uh, They had that bad loss to Tulane to begin the year, but then you dominate Oklahoma state who has since beat Kansas and Kansas state in the last two weeks. The Central Michigan loss is on your resume. You have the blowout win over ULM. Caden, this team returned 19 starters, including five or six legitimate stars on both sides of the ball, but it just has not translated to consistent wins. Who's South Alabama? South Alabama, Noah, is the team with the highest ceiling and the lowest floor in this conference. I think we've seen some big injuries kind of get in the way of some of the stuff that they've wanted to do this season. But like you mentioned, they still bring back so many guys from last year, the most talented roster. I think a top three roster in the conference at this point, even with some of the injuries they've had. And I think when they look their best, I mean, they look like a team that can not only be in the conference championship, but should be in the conference championship. I mean, when you've seen those stretches against Oklahoma State, when you see the stretch they had against Louisiana Monroe, that's what championship teams looks like, looks like, and that's what they do. But then so often this year, they've had moments where they've played down to their competition. And I think that's been huge for them this year as far as one of the only concerns you would really have about this team going forward from last year is their championship pedigree and their ability kind of between their head, like just mentally being in the game, being able to engage and be focused and have that championship level and play your best football when it matters most. We didn't see that against Tulane. We saw that kind of get contagious against lesser competition. The Central Michigan one was really the most jarring for me personally because that was clear that they had the more talented roster and they let the team just simply outplay them, which is just not good. When you see this team not playing well, it's bad body language. It's stuff like that. It's getting outplayed by teams they're better than. So that's very concerning. But I think thankful for them, they're coming off of them doing the complete opposite of that. They did not play down to Louisiana Monroe whatsoever. And we talked in the past about how that is a scrappy team in conference play, but they dominated that team. They rattled off that win. They had a big win against Oklahoma State, like you mentioned, and their only conference losses to a James Madison team, which is kind of the best loss you can have in the conference right now. So this is, a, I feel like, a big turning point for this team this year. They have to play their best ball moving forward throughout the schedule, but there's no question there were inconsistency. The inconsistencies in the first half of the season. The question is going to be, are they going to be a team that takes care of business and inserts themselves in that conference championship conversation? Or do they revert back to a team that's been playing down to their competition and just been not as consistent as they'd like? I think, you know, you bring up a great point about the postseason implications, Caden. So let's get into this. And two things really stand out for me. Southern Miss, if they lose this game, they're all but eliminated from bowl contention. They would have to win five straight, including road games at App, at Louisiana, and at Mississippi State just to get to six and six at that point. With a win, South Alabama could be two and one in Sunbelt play. And Caden, they have everything in front of them right now. You've got Louisiana, Troy, and Texas State, all games in the weeks ahead. This is a huge game for both teams, but for different reasons. Yeah, if you look at Southern Miss, if we're being honest right now, those those boys are playing for pride. I mean, you look at their schedule, you can really kind of break it down in three parts now. That first three-part schedule, 
three pack of, of games in the beginning of the season featured Florida State, it featured Tulane. So those are obviously tough games to play as far as a non-conference schedules goes. So we gave them a little bit of a pass there. But then if you look on paper, their last three games coming into the season, you could argue coming into the season, those were the three games that were the most, there's probably the most winnable three game stretch in the conference. When you look at Arkansas State, Texas State and Old Dominion. Now we know those teams have transformed. Texas State is obviously one of the top contenders in this conference. But on paper, fans were looking at those graphics when we were guessing, okay, how many wins and losses are you going to get this season? Those three were definitely a lock for this team and they dropped those. So I feel like that's just demoralizing for a team, for a program. And you mentioned their conference schedule is not getting any easier. I know this team isn't in the locker room probably saying, hey, it's time for us to run the table and make a bowl game. But they definitely know that if they lose this game, it's looking like they're not going to be waiting to find out what bowl game they're playing at the end of the season. And for South Alabama, I think it's definitely for much different reasons. They They had some difficult games in the beginning of their season two they also played Tulane they performed in their power five game at a very high level but I think now it's time for them to play their most important ball and their best ball of the year you mentioned every team on that west side of the conference already has a loss so it's kind of pretty much equal playing field especially considering a lot of the teams above them in the conference standings who have two wins they play so I think when you look at this South Alabama team, it's like I mentioned before, are they going to play their best football down the stretch? This is kind of going to be the turning point of their season. I think if they take care of business in the game, in this game, and they get on a roll, I think it'll be huge for them going forward in conference play. But we talked as well in the offseason about their draw on the opposite side of the conference. This team still has to play Marshall this year, which is tough. So I think when you look at their second half of their schedule, it's clearly harder. It's clearly more important. The question is, do we see them play and rise to the occasion like we saw last year, rattle off wins and get into that conference championship? conversation definitely the most critical part maybe the most critical game that can kind of lead into a domino effect for this south alabama team moving forward this year yeah it certainly could be challenging for them because again the west looks a little bit deeper this year with the emergence of texas state i think louisiana's you know starting to put themselves back into championship consideration Caden, one of the big things that i'm excited about when i look at this game is the running back matchup you've got Ladamian webb and frank gore two of the four 1000 yard rushers from a year ago Let's talk about LaDamian Webb first. His yards per carries up this year. He's getting into the end zone at a higher clip. He's doing all of that while getting four fewer carries per game. What's leading to the success right now for LaDamian Webb? It's really just LaDamian being LaDamian. I think it's a really interesting year for him. We know that we expected um, Braylon McReynolds to be kind of that 1A, 1B kind of back for him, but he gets hurt this year. And we've seen a lot more help, I think, from the supporting cast throughout this season than we could have imagined. You have to give a shout out to Marco Lee and Kentrell Bullock, who have stepped up big for this team and have combined for more carries than Webb. We know he was coming off of an off-season surgery and an injury. So they were kind of trying to work him back into things this year. And I think that's why you've seen maybe less carries this year. He ranks eighth in the conference in carries with 83. And we know he was trying to, they were kind of trying to ramp him up and get him going this year. And I think in this second half of the season, when this team is playing their most important football, I think we'll see a lot more of him, him get a lot more touches and have a lot more of an impact on these games, but he's still been super effective when he gets the rock his eight touchdowns this season. I mean, this guy's still who you want to hand the ball to when you're in the red zone. If you are trying to score, whether it's on the goal line or that 20 and in, he's definitely been a lock as far as that goes for this team. And as we talked about in the past, when he plays well, this team plays well, and it's still tried and true this season, despite him getting a lot less touches, his only two hundred yard games, this season represent this team's two biggest wins. It was last week against Louisiana Monroe and against Oklahoma State. So I think he's still the biggest impact, maybe even in the entire conference. We could probably have to do a case study on it. But when he plays well, this team wins and plays well. And I think in his back half of the season, they're going to need their wins more than ever. So I think they're going to rely on him more. But he's still just being him. I think when you look at him, it's just a physical product and a running back. 
He's still probably the toughest guy to tackle in the conference. He's so big. He has that power five size coming from Florida State, and he just terrorizes teams from playing behind his pads and being able to have that home run hitting speed to have some long touchdowns. So I expect his role to increase more and more throughout the season. He's still done some solid work, but I think he's kind of still creeping in the shadows, letting some of those other guys get touches. And when it comes down to winning those important games in the West down the stretch, that's when we'll see him get more carries, more 100-yard games, and have more of an impact on the offense. Now for Southern Miss, Frank Gore Jr., kind of the opposite story. He was second in the league in total yards at just under 1,400 last year, yards per game at 106 to Kalen LeBourne. Uh, this year, Caden, about the same number of carries, but averaging 40 yards per game less, he's been a bit banged up. Has he been the victim of poor play calling? I think so a little bit. I think his offensive line in the scheme has just not been effect- as effective as we've seen in the past, even in his freshman years, his early years on this team. You mentioned it. He ranks fifth in the conference in carries, but when it comes to yardage, he drops down to ninth. That's literally the complete opposite problem of LaDamian Webb. That's a guy who's making the most of his touches, and this guy gets a lot of touches and is not able to make the most of them. It's crazy because Rodriguez Clark, his backup and kind of running mate back there, ranks 10th right behind him, and it's a shame because Rodriguez has been a lot more effective for this team in the run game. He's averaged seven to carry when Frank had some early injuries this season or those blowout games where he wasn't playing. Rodriguez was actually quite effective. Just the effectiveness of these touches is just very skewed for both of these running backs just because this team is playing a lot from behind. They have to throw the ball more. And when they are running the ball, it's when defenses are really just worried about this team scoring and trying to catch up in a game that's probably lopsided. So I think Frank has been a victim of not only the scheme he's in and the, some of the offensive line play, but just the scheme and circumstances that this team has been in. You mentioned that it kind of took him, took him a little bit to get going early in the season, but he had two very impressive games back-to-back against Texas State and Arkansas State. But the, those are just games where this, the game was out of hand. The, the, they needed him in the beginning of the game to kind of establish the run game, but instead they couldn't rely on that. And They just haven't done a great job of getting him in space. We've seen other teams, the Texas States of the world, they're getting Ishmael Mahdi in space as much as possible and creating mismatches. This team just hasn't been able to do that this year. So yes, I do think as far as the scheme goes, as far as the offensive line, not getting that push like we're used to, just haven't seen the same Frank Gore Jr. And we know he's a talented player and we know he's the same back, probably supposed to be playing his best ball heading into a year where he's eligible to go into the draft. But unfortunately, that just has not been the case. Kaden, when you look at these two teams, kind of some underperforming defenses. These were two defenses that were amongst the league's best a season ago. They combined to bring back 15 starters. Southern Miss last year led the Sun Belt in sacks. This year, they're middle of the pack. They have improved against the pass, but they've taken a step back against the run. That's translated to 12 more points per game allowed compared to last year. What's led to that step back for Southern Miss? Yeah, it's been interesting for Southern Miss because I think when we looked at defensive personnel heading into the year, we were really excited about this group. They lost some important pieces, but they still seemed like they were reloaded and they were re-upped and they had a ton of talent out there. But I think from a personnel standpoint, you have a coordinator change and you're not doing as well. I think you kind of have to look at the scheme and you kind of have to look at who's calling the plays for this team. I think the secondary has been very solid for this team. They're actually right behind Marshall as far as keeping opponents throwing percentage down, completion percentage down, but they just haven't been able to get to the quarterback like we're accustomed to seeing last year. This was a team that led the team, the Sun Belt in sacks. They've taken a step back in that department and they can't stop the run. And if you can't stop the run in this conference, that's probably the most important thing to do as far as trying to compete and play in this conference. It's different if you're playing Georgia Southern and Texas State, but those are two one-of-one offenses. Every other offense in this league likes to run the ball. They have running backs that are physically imposing, and you have to be able to stop that. And I feel like, for me, they've been giving up a lot of big plays. When you look at those blowout losses, they gave some explosive plays up to a guy like Jalen Rayner, who just absolutely lit them up. You saw Texas State do what they were able to do. I think this team has just done a combination of all the bad things you can on defense, just in the most untimely fashion, giving up a ton of points early and letting a team 
dominate you in the beginning of the game, making it very hard for your offense, not being able to get to the quarterback once they are on top of you in the in the game, now allowing them to give up give up a ton of yards in the run game. I think it's just a formula that hasn't worked out for this team. They played great against Old Dominion. Don't get me wrong. That is not the reason why they lost their last game. So I think they are improving. I think they still are a talented group with a talented secondary they can lean on. But ultimately, they have to all play good at the same time. They have to stop the run. They have to get up to the quarterback. And they do need help from their offense as well. I think it's a cohesive thing with this team. When you look at all their problems, you can't just point at one thing, but a bunch of things. But given their similar personnel, you kind of have to look at their coaching and say, what's different from last year's team and this year's team? So I definitely think that's a direction to point into as well. Well, I think the answer to your question, it's a different defensive coordinator this year. Uh, South Alabama brings back nine or 10 starters, depending on how you want to look at it. Okay, they haven't gotten their hands on as many balls. Overall numbers, though, pretty similar, but they've struggled in big games and moments this year. What do you make of their year? Yeah, definitely a disappointing start. I mean, the Tulane game was jarring. They got absolutely rocked by Tulane. It was uncharacteristic seeing Michael Pratt pick this team apart with a deep ball and a secondary that we regarded highly. And you could really say the same thing by the game against James Madison as well. When you look at this team's two worst games of the season against their best competition, their defense is right where you're going to look at. And I think in their other games this year, Central Michigan game was obviously disappointing as well. That's just an overall disappointing disappointing performance from their entire team I think when you look at that but outside of those games this defense has played well and kind of leveled out some of their early play statistically they're second in yards allowed right now they're one of the top defenses top three defenses and points allowed this year they're starting to put it together and I think they're trending in the right direction I think the question is going to ultimately come down to how do they play against this conference's top competition they've seen this year if you just look at their games just look at how they've played and the stats just watching it with your eyes, they've played a lot better against the teams they're supposed to be good against outside of Central Michigan. I expect them to take care of business against the Southern Miss team, though really all they have to do is play discipline. This offense has not been physically imposing or scary or done anything that's super threatening. So this team can just play within themselves, I think, as far as the South Alabama squad and be able to handle business. I'm more curious to see how they handle a team like Louisiana, how they handle a team like Troy, how they handle Texas State at the end of the season. Because I think it's clear that this team has a tendency to play to the level of their competition. Very curious to see how this defense specifically plays to the level of their competition when they have to play up against some, some better offensive units in this conference moving forward this season. Sounds like two defenses that maybe are starting to figure things out, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play in tonight's game. Caden, uh, here's a chance to call our shots. Uh, X-Factor players in this game. I'll go first for Southern Miss. I've got it being Jacarius Caston. It obviously, I've got it in quotation marks, depends a lot on the quarterback play, but Caston's heating up lately. Two touchdowns in his last three games. He's been this team's number one wide receiver this year. They're going to need him to make a few big plays early in this game. Caden, who are you going with for uh, South Alabama? Yeah, we've talked about in length about how the biggest determining factor of South Alabama's success is LaDamian Webb, but I'm going to give him a break in this one because I think the second best sure thing right now is Colin Lacey. This guy has stepped up huge this year at the wide receiver position. He's leading the conference in receiving yards this year, and we knew him and Devin Voison would be a good duo this year, but unfortunately Voison goes down and he kind of establishes himself as that wide receiver one that we're accustomed to seeing for South Alabama historically. And he's just now the next in line who's been super reliable for Carter Bradley. And I think the engine of their passing game, you look at all but his first game of the year against Tulane, he's had a hundred yards, multiple touchdown games. For, so for this one against a secondary, who is the strength of this team, I expect him to have to play his best ball. If Southern Miss has a chance of winning this game, it's going to be because they're dominant in stopping the pass. And I think Southern Miss is dominance in the, or, South Alabama's rather dominance in the past game has had a lot to do with Colin Lacey. So I expect 100 yards from him per usual, maybe even two touchdowns in this game to really do some damage against this team. Caden, uh, all we've got left in this episode, let's make some picks for this game. South Alabama, 17-point favorite, over under at 53 and a half. I'll go first. When you look at this South Alabama team, they've actually never lost to Southern Miss 3-0 all time. 
Uh, both teams enter this matchup with question marks. South, it's the defense. Southern Miss, it's the offense. I picked against South Alabama a couple times this year, but I'm not doing it again this time. Carter Bradley's coming off the best game of his season. He and Lacey are going to have big performances. I think the defense slows down Southern Miss enough. South Alabama wins by two touchdowns, but here's the big but. Southern Miss covers the 17. I am going to take the under on the points. Yeah, I agree with you there, Noah. Everyone knows I'm picking South Alabama to come out of the West starting from this season. And I think them coming off of a game against Louisiana Monroe, their best conference game of the season, is huge for that. So I do think they're going to win. But I do think the 17 points is a little bit steep. I've we've seen some bad stuff from South Southern Miss this year, but they've usually done a good job of keeping games close, whether that's them coming back or just playing in a close game against Old Dominion. I think they had a much-needed bye week that they're coming off of now, so they've had some time to prepare, kind of rest up, and hopefully reset a little bit as a team. So hopefully coming down the stretch, even if they do lose some of these games as we expect them to, they're a little bit closer and a little bit less ugly, and it looks a little bit more like it did last year. So I do think Southern Miss is going to cover in this game. I do think South Alabama will win, though. I'll take the over on the points. I think both teams, maybe Southern Miss coming off of a bye week and as well as South Alabama coming off of an impressive offensive performance can both hopefully put up some points and maybe put some pressure on these defenses during a weekday game under the bright lights. That's it for this episode. We really appreciate you joining us today. Like always, if you enjoyed this show, here's all we ask. Share this podcast with a couple of your Sunbelt football loving friends. Help us help you by continuing to grow the show. We hope everyone enjoys tonight's game. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.